Okay, good morning. Um, today's daf is daf Lamed. We're at the bottom. We're going to go from the bottom of Choftes Amud Beis 29b, the Mishnah. So, the Mishnah says, If someone puts out the candle, extinguishes a candle because they're afraid. Now, extinguishing a, a fire is one of the 39 melachas, extinguishing. So what happens if he does it because he's afraid? Bibnei nochrim, because of non-Jews. Bibnei listim, because of bandits. Bibnei ruach ro, because of melancholy. Bibnei choile sheyoshen, or in order that a sick person can sleep, potur, he's exempt. Um, just to explain them all, Nochri Rashi explains there was like a, per, for example, he says there was a Persian uh, religious sect that on their festival of light or something, you weren't, it was forbidden to have light in any of your own homes, only in the temples, in the Avodazora temples. So that would be Nochrim, listing bandits, you see them, you want to put out the fire so that they don't come find you. Ruach melancholy, if a person uh, feels that uh, putting out the candle will make him feel more relaxed, and uh, so that a sick person can sleep. You're exempt. Remember, Potter generally implies it's not an Isudoraisa, but it's still Osudrabonin. This is, however, if you put out the candle because Kachosalaner, you want to save the lamp, I, it's, um, the flame's burning very low and it might crack it. So you want to put it out. Or Kachosalashem, and you want to save oil. Kachosalapsila, you want to save wick. Chai, of you liable? You've done an Isudoraisa. Rebiosi poite bakulam Rebiosi says you're exempt by all of them. Chutzmin except if you're concerned about saving the wick, because that makes charcoal. Okay, we'll explain it based on the Gomorrah. But just on this last point, remember the reason you're putting out why you have if you put out the wick because they would light the wick so that it like gets burned through and then extinguish it so that when they come to light it for Shabbos candles, it's much easier to light. So that's what we're referring to there. Okay, now the Gomorrah says, just before we go into this Gomorrah, we have to understand the concept of Malacha Shain Trichalagufa. Shain Trichalagufa. That's one of the primary factors behind whether a Malacha is Doraisa or Drabonin. And it's actually a Machlokes, Rabbi Yehuda and Rabbi Shimon, and it comes up often in Masech Shabbos. So it's one of those principles that we'll be repeating and are important to know. What is a Malacha Shain Trichalagufa? So... I'll mention Rashi's way, but generally when I explain it, I explain it according to Tosfos, because that's, uh, I, I don't know where I get that from, but that seems to be, that was the first way that I learned. So I don't know if it's because it's the most hold like Tosfos or not, but that is. But the Machlokes behind the Malacha Sha'ina Tzricha is, if you do the same act that was done in the Mishkan, but according to Rashi, but not for a creative purpose, I to, in reaction to something or in response to something, then it's not creative. You're not doing the work, the malacha, to improve something. Then it would. Then it's not a isudorai. Well, then it's a malacha sheina trichalukufa. I, for example, if um, when they put out a lamp in the mishkan, it wasn't to because they were afraid of something, or it wasn't because they wanted to save oil. That's all a reaction. Why did they do it? They did it to create the charcoal. So, so too with us, um, that would be the discussion. The other example of Malacha Shein Shrechelagufa is getting, uh, carrying a mace outside the house. Now, what's the, when they would carry something, it was, constr- it was proactively constructive in the Mishkan. They would, they, you want uh, part X over there. And that's why you carry it down there. 
But here, when you're carrying the, when you're carrying the mace, the reason you're carrying it is, um, is to get it out of your house in reaction to the fact that you don't want it in your house. So that's a Melacha Shein Shrikha according to Rashi. And then again, it's a Machlokes. Rabbi Shimon says it's Osu Drabonon. Rabbi Yehuda holds it's even Osu Doraisa. The other way of learning Melacha Shein Shrikha and this is Toysus' way, is no. What's a Melacha Shein Shrikha Is a Melacha not done with the same or similar intent as it was done in the Mishkan. Right, so again, all the cases that I mentioned are also according to Tosas, but for a different reason. When you carry something, what's your intent? Is because you want it in that other place. That's why you carry it there. So therefore, any time you like, so therefore, any time you're carrying from Rishus Ayachi to put something in Rishus Rabin because you want it there, that would be the Isudoraisa. If you are carrying um, from because you don't want it in your in where you are, like the mace, you don't want it in your house. Then it's a malacha shein trichelakufa. Another example is uh, trapping a snake. You're not trapping it because you want to catch the snake for food or something like that. You're catching it because you don't want the snake to bite you. So therefore, that's a malacha shein trichelakufa. Again, the reason they would trap animals in the mishkan on the building of the mishkan was for their hearts, for their food, etc., for their flesh. But here you're not trapping it for that purpose. You're trapping it for to so that it doesn't bite you. So therefore, that would be a melacha shein shrichelagufa, and that, according to Rabbi Shimon, again is a isutor and Rabbi Yehuda is a isutor Okay, I'm at the top of that lamud amud aleph. The Gemara says um, so. Midiktani sefer chayav from the fact that the last case, the end of the mission, we said a person is chayav. If a person is concerned about the lamp. He wants to save the wick or something. He is Chayev. Shmami na Rabbi Yehuda. That's clearly Rabbi Yehuda. Because again, according to Rabbi Shimon, if you, it's a Melacha Shein Shrikha You're not putting out the candle because you want it out, because you want the charcoal. You're putting out the candle um, for a different reason as it why it was done in the Mishkan. And therefore you should be, therefore by the fact that it says you Chayev, must be Rabbi Yehuda. But Reisha, but then what's the first case when it speaks about a choyle? If you put out the candle for a choyle, it says you potter. Now, according to Rabbi Shimon, that makes sense. Why? Because while in the Mishkan, again, they didn't put out candles for sick people to go to sleep. That wasn't the purpose. Amor to Rashi, it was to create charcoal. But according, but then according to Rabbi Yehuda, you chayav for a melacha shein shrikha So you should be chayav if you put out a candle so that a sick person can sleep. So he says, Reisha again, what's the case? And it can't be, If we're speaking about a choyle that is dangerously ill, well then not only are you potter, it's only a isudra bonon, it should have said mutar. We know you're allowed to, not only is it mutar, you have to do things that Help us dangerously ill person. So for Iba Khoilan, if we speak in Sha'in Bosakana, if you're speaking about a Khoilish Ain Bosakana, Chayav Khatas me boila, according to Rabbi Yehuda, you'd be Chayav Khatas. Again, it's this Malacha Shain Shrikhalakufa contributor, you have khatas. So the Gemara answers no Lailam Khalashi H Bosakana. We're actually all speaking about a Khalashi H Bosakana. Over Din Huda listening Mutar, and you're right, it should have said Mutar. Should have said it's hundred percent okay, it's not even an Isudora Bonan. Vaadi the boy lemisni Saifah Chayev Taninami Raisha Potur. And since this wants to teach in the Saifah Chayev, it teaches in the Raisha Potur.
And then the Gemara just gives a similar, a slightly different way of learning this. For Tani Rabbi Yoshia, Rabbi says, If you put the nair, the lamp out so that the sick, sick person can go to sleep, you're actually not allowed to put it out. Potter, if you do put it out, Potter Aval also, it's Potter Aval also, it's Shimon. So just again to reiterate the main point, especially for those who just joined, um, we, we, we touch on the Machloikes of Malacha Shain Shrikhalakufa, which is. When you do a malacha, I'm going according. To, I'm just going to explain according to Tosos. Do you have to do it with the same intent as was done in the Mishkan, or is it just the same act? I in the Mishkan they used to put out candles, and you're putting out a candle. But in the Mishkan they always put out candles to create charcoal. If you're putting out the candle for a different reason, to save the wick, or so that a sick person can sleep, etc., that's not the same purpose as in the Mishkan comes along Rabbi Yehuda and says, Yuchayev, you're doing the exact same act, and therefore what difference does it make what your intent is? You're doing the exact, well, you're doing the exact same act with intent for that act, just for a different reason as we've done in the Mishnah, no, Yuchayev Daraisa. And Rabbi Shimon says, no, it's only Osudra Bonner. Comes along, and that's why we just had to try fit in with our Mishnah, because our Mishnah jumps between, if you do it for a different reason, like a Choyle, that you're Potur, and if you do it for, uh, to save the oil or the wick, etc., you're chayev. But again, they're all the same thing. They're all the Malacha and Shrikh And that's what we were grappling with, which we, that comes out there basically two ways of understanding it. The one is that when it says Potur, it's speaking about a Cholish Yehbosakon and it means Mutar. Um, just an interesting point I want to highlight from there. How does um, many explain what's Ruach Roy in the Mishnah? Literally an evil spirit or a bad spirit. So many explain it's melancholy. It's some emotional uh, disorder, uh, uh, stress. And according to how Agamora explains our Mishnah, therefore it's a choyle sheyesh bosakona. Sometimes mental illness, which I mean this is not so surprising to us, but it's an important point to be aware of. Mental illness is viewed as sakona um, sofajas. Not, obviously not all, you have to ask the, uh, the psychologist or the psychiatrist or the doctor whether it is, a, a, you have to work out if it is, but it, definitely the Torah is open to the possibility that mental illness is can be pikuach nefesh and sakonos nefoshos. And that's why um, with the ruach, that's why ruach ro, it says potu, which remember we said really it means mutar, 100% mutar, and that's because we're speaking about a dangerously, a person who has some mental illness and is dangerously ill. That's why there are certain, I mean, there's a lot of discussion now with uh, elderly people are having a seder by themselves or living by themselves and not being able to see their children and grandchildren knowing how they're doing can be, uh, for many of them, it can be uh, um, dangerous for their health that uh, stress and nerves and tension, and therefore they try to work out if it's Shabbos, can they phone, or can you have a Zoom Seder, can you phone and to give the Seder over with them, all those questions, again, because the Torah is open to the idea that uh, um, that mental illness is can be pikuach nefesh. It's just something we don't, off, we're just not often aware of it, but just it comes out from this Mishnah. Okay, carrying on, um, Shosh, Yes, Dennis. Okay. Shol she'ele zule 
They asked this following question before Rabbi Tanchun from Navai. What's the Can you put out a candle before someone who is a dangerously ill person on Shabbos? So, Va'omar any answer. Now he's going to answer with a whole long drosha. He's going to go through a whole teaching of Agadata and then Halacha. He uses this question as a springboard for a big, for a big, for a drosha. One of the reasons I heard quite beautifully why does he do that is because there's a Halacha that a Rav is supposed to have taught his community all the Halachas of Pikuach Nefesh. Because often, by the time the community come to ask the Rav, are we allowed to break Shabbos to do X? It's too late. They have to know the halachas of Pikuach Nefesh and that you always break Shabbos to save a life. So he felt by the fact that he that they came to ask him this question, he clearly hasn't he hadn't been fulfilling his role as the Rav. And therefore he has to give a whole drosha that will engross people, get people interested. And then he'll give the answer to the question when everyone's paying attention. And, to, and uh, people will take it, will be more aware of it. But so he says... So Posach Omar he started Drosh and he says, An Shlomo, you Shlomo, An Chochmoscho, An Sachu Suchlanisuscha. Where is your wisdom and where is your understanding? Lot Ashet Varecho Sosher in Divrei David Avdecho. Not only do, does what you say contradict David your father, Eloshet Varecho Sosher in Zayatze. Your own words contradict each other. And now he shows where we see this. David Avdecho Omar David, your father says, Lo Hamesim Yahaluluko. The dead cannot praise Hashem. Va'atomart, and you say, Vashevahani, it sounds like there's a loss. It's not so good to be dead. Va'atomart, and you, Shlomo, come along and say, Vashevahani, Esamesim, Shekvameso, I praise the dead because they're already dead. You seem to be saying it's better to you, it's more praiseworthy to be dead. Va'chazar, Va'amar, and later on you say, elsewhere you say, Kilekelev chai hu tov mina ariyameis. A living dog is better than a dead lion. Now you seem to be going back on yourself and saying that it's better to be alive. So, what's going on here? So, he's going to explain. Loi kasha. That's not difficult. Firstly, what does David mean when he says um, that the dead cannot praise Hashem? He says, this is what he's saying. A person should always busy himself with Torah and mitzvahs before he dies. Once he dies, there's no more Torah and mitzvahs. And there is no praise to Hashem through him because his Torah and mitzvahs have stopped. And this is what Rabbi Yochanan says. What does the Pasuk say? They go free in death. See, Rabbi Yochanan explains. Once a person dies, he's free from Torah and mitzvahs. Okay, so now we understand the first reason. David said that the Mason don't praise Hashem. It's, they can't. They can't learn Torah and do mitzvahs, which is the greatest praise for Hashem. It's an important point to realize. Us living while we're alive, doing Torah and mitzvahs, is the greatest praise we can offer for Hashem, choosing to serve Him. And then he goes on to the next phrase. And Shlomo, you said that I praise the dead who are already deceased, who have already died. We're going to give, he's going to give three explanations to when this applies, but it doesn't contradict the previous statement. First one, to Yisrael Midbar when Yisrael sent in the desert, Omar Moshe Moshe stood before Akadosh Baruch Hu and he said, 
Belonene, he said so many different tefillas and pleaded with Hashem and he wasn't answered. And when Moshe said, Remember, Avram, Yitzchak, and Yisrael, your servants? Immediately he was answered. Isn't it fitting that Shlomo said, I'm going to praise the dead um, that were already deceased. I, what, does, um, what Shlomo is saying, we see that Dead people, at least in this context, Abraham, Yitzchak, and Yaakov, are more spiritually um, influential and powerful than Moshe Rabbeinu. Moshe Rabbeinu davened to Hashem to save the Jews and he wasn't answered. And when he davened in the merit of some dead, the deceased Avos, he was answered. So we see that in some ways the deceased are more praiseworthy than the living. Then he gives a second, another explanation. When a flesh and blood officer noble gives a decree, okay, it's doubtful whether everyone will listen to him or not. And even if they do listen to it, when, he, when he's alive, they'll keep his decrees. But when he dies, they don't. Moshe Rabbeinu made many gzairas and many takonos. And they are eternal. The, the easiest way to learn this is Moshe taught us the Torah and how to practice the Torah. And that's still going on till this day. We try to follow what Moshe taught us. Torah Shebiksav and Torah Shebaal Whereas many other people have made gazeros, have tried to um, give new ways to serve Hashem, new ways to be a Jew. Um, and they're fallen by the wayside. Uh, again, Moshe's uh, teachings were eternal. There, there's a discussion, did Moshe actually make gazeros or not? Like rabbinic decrees, but that's for another time. The law of Amar Shlomo, the Shevachanias Hamesim, is that is did Shlomo not appropriately say, I, I praise the deceased. I Moshe is more praiseworthy, um, and the earlier generations are better than the current living than the current living generations because we see the influence of the earlier generations on these on our generations. Moshe Rabbeinu was eternal. A third explanation: Dovaracher v'Shevachaniva Goimer, I praise the the deceased over because they're already dead. Look at Rav Yehuda Amarav, like Rav Yehuda said in the name of Rav Dom Rav Yehuda Amarav. Might you see I say, "Imi ois letoivo, make a sign, for, make for me a sign that it is good." Ve'yiru sonavi yevoshu, and those who hate me will see it and they will become ashamed. What is the explanation of that pasuk? So Omar David did not accomplish Bauchu. David said before Hashem, "Ribonu shall Allah machuli al oisla avon." Please forgive me for that sin. I the sin that of David and Bathsheba. Omar loy mochulachos. Hashem said, "I forgive you." So Omar le ase ami ois bechayai. Make a sign in my life. Let people see um, that I, that you've forgiven me. Because again, he was harassed and uh, cursed and mocked and embarrassed because of that avera. So he says, "Omar le bechayecha ani moid." He says, "Aini modia bechayai." Sorry, bechayecha aini modia. I can't let you know in your life. Bechayai shlama bimcha ani boda bar awol. Let you know in your son, I will make it known in your son's life that you have been forgiven. When was that? So, Keshebono, Shlomo's base Amidash, when Shlomo built the base Amidash, Bikesh Lahachnis, Aaron Lebeis Kodcha, Kodoshim, Aaron wanted to bring the, he wanted to bring the Aaron into the Holy of Holies. And Dovkush Arim Zebazer, the gates were stuck closed. One explanation Rashi says is because the entrance to the Kodesh Kodoshim was 10 Amos and the Aaron was 10 Amos. So, so he just couldn't get it in. 
Okay, um, was it ten amos or ten fachim? I don't remember. But either way, he couldn't get it in. Omar Shlomo esrim va'arbo rananos v'lo neno. Shlomo sang twenty-four songs to Hashem, and he wasn't answered. He couldn't get the Aaron into the Kodesh Hakadoshim. Posach for Omer, so he started saying it to him that his father said, "Su sorim roshechem ve'hi nosu pischei oylam ve'yavam melech hakovod." Says, "Open your, lift up your head, your gates, and open." For the king, the king of glory, the honorable king, Rotu Basre the Mivla, the gates pursued Shlomo to try swallow him. Omru What you think? You think you're the Melech Hakavod? Because again, Shlomo said, "Open for Melech Hakavod." They thought, "Ah, Shlomo's referring to himself as Melech Hakavod. We better um, stop him." So Omru Lohu, no, Hashem Uzuz Vegibor, Hashem the strong and mighty. Shlomo says, "I didn't mean myself when I said Melech Hakavod. I mean, I meant Hashem." And he reiterated and he said, Open your eternal gates. And let the king And still Shlomo wasn't answered. The gates, he couldn't get the Aaron into the Kodesh HaKadoshim. And then he said, Don't turn away the face of your anointed one. Remember the kindness, the piety of David, your servant, immediately he was answered. I, when he said in the schus of my father, open the gates, that's when he opened it. That's when he was able to get the Aaron into the Kodesh HaKadoshim. Immediately, all those who hated David, those who used to mock and degrade him, their faces turned black like the bottom of a pot, and everyone knew that Hashem had forgiven David for that sin, for his sin with Bathsheba. And is it not appropriate that Shlomo says, I praise the deceased, even though they're already dead? I, again, he's, now he's praising, again, what does that lie? I mean, not that dead or better than living, but in this case, in the merit of David, who is more effective than all my fillers and all my living, we see that there is an aspect of the dead that are better, or is better than those who are alive. And it, this possibly makes a lot of sense. Just interestingly, how does this show that David was forgiven? So remember, because David wanted to be involved in the building of the temple, he actually wanted to build the temple. And for various reasons, Hashem told him, you cannot build the temple. Um, but now we see that, it, that, that in his merit, the temple was completed. They managed to get the Aaron into the temple. It's his merit. So we see that he was, uh, um, he must have been forgiven for his sins. Yeah, and then it just finishes off the story um, over there. Um, it says, and now we understand what's written over there. It says, on the eighth day of the inauguration celebrate of the inaugural celebration, the nation they sent the nation, they blessed the king, and they went to their tents, rejoicing and of good heart over all the good that Hashem had done for David his servant and Israel his people. And now it explains the Pesach phrase by phrase. They returned to their tents. They found their wives tar. They were happy because they had got to experience the radiance of the Shechina. And they were 
of good heart. All their wives conceived and gave birth to males. For all the good that Hashem did for his servant David. What's that? That he had forgiven him for the sin. Now it was clear to everyone. What's the good that he did for Israel? He forgave them for the sin of Yom Kippur. What was so again, by the fact that the Aaron opened, they they experienced the miracles of Hashem, that the Aaron got into the Kodesh HaKadoshim, and they had this extra experience of joy, etc. And the last point is, and the good he did for Bnei Israel because of the sin of Yom Kippur. So when the inauguration of the temple was for the seven days preceding Sukkot, and the seven days of Sukkot. So what's included in the seven, remember, Yom Kippur is just five days before Sukkot. So they were celebrating, eating and feasting, uh, celebrating the inauguration of the Beis Amidash, and they were a bit concerned that maybe their drosha that they made, that they should celebrate, even though it was Yom Kippur, was a bit wrong. And when they saw this miracle, they realized that Hashem had done good, He had forgiven them for Yom Kippur, they had done what was correct by celebrating the inauguration of the Beis Amidash. Okay, so now we're going to remember the third praise where we said Shlomo contradicts himself. So to Kaoma Shlomo, Kile Kelev Chai Hu Tovmina Ariyei Hamais. Is a dead, a living dog is better than a dead lion? Could Rav Yehuda Omar Rav, the Omar Rav Yehuda Omar Rav, this is what Rav Yehuda said in the name of Rav. My dear Siv, what does the Possum mean when, uh, when it says, Show me my end, and the measure of my days, what they will be. Tell me how will I seize? Will I seize? So Omar David, David said to Hashem, Show me how will my years play out. So Amalog Zaira he says no. There's a, I have a rule that I do not show people how they will die or how their 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 lives play out. So okay, fine. Show me. Tell me when I will die. How old will I be when I die? So Hashem says, No, there's a rule I have. I do not show people. I don't tell people when they will die. Okay, so tell me at least on which day I will die. So on the Shabbos, Thomas, he says, you'll die on Shabbos. So David said, please rather let me die on Sunday. I don't want to die on a Shabbos. It will detract from the Simcha and Oneg of Shabbos. It might cause people to... To Mechalel Shabbos for, for me, I'd rather don't make me die on a Shabbos. So he says, Omar Loi ki tov yom b'chatrechom, sorry, so, yeah, let me die on, uh, on, on Sunday. So Omar Loi, kfar higia malchus shlomo bincha. No, it will already be the, the time for your son to reign. Vain malchus no geas b'chavertu afidu kamole nima, and you can't have a king, one kingship overlap with another kingship, a kingship even a hair's breadth. You can only have one king. And therefore, um, we, if you die on Sunday, well, that's already the time for Shlomo to be king and you will encroach on his kingship. So he says, almost for Erev Shabbos. Okay, so let me die on Erev Shabbos. So Omar Lo Hashem said to David HaMelech, No, ki tov yom chatzorecho me'elef. He says, no, I prefer you for in your court for one day. So what does that mean? I prefer you when you delve and learn, sit and learn Torah 
more than me'elif oilah she'otid shlomo bin chol ha'akriv lafonai al gabe ha'mizbach, more than a thousand oilahs that your son shlomo will offer every day on the on the mizbach. Hey, Hashem's saying, I, I, I can't lose a day of you learning Torah, it's too valuable, so you have to die on Shabbos. Okay, now the Gomorrah is going to go into what, so what did he do as a result? So he says, call Yuma de Shabbos to have a Yosef, a Goris, kula Yuma. Every Shabbos day he was he would sit and he would learn the whole day. Hahu Yuma de Boy on that day when the Malachamovas came to lay his soul to rest, the Malachamovas came to him and he couldn't affect him. There's a there's a concept that when a person's learning Torah when he's di- uh, directly connected to Hashem, he can't be harmed, so he couldn't die. Says the law have a posak. Why couldn't he die? To have a posak pumemigir. So he never stopped learning. So I'm a ma'avid. Like what can I do? The Malachim Avid said. So have a lay bustana churebeisa. David had this garden outside his house. Asa Malachim Avid solikovachish bilenei. He went and he wrestled. He climbed up the tree and he and it made a noise. Nofat David lemirsi. He David went to see what it was. Have a solik v'targa. He started walking up a st- and he was, when he was stepping on a step, it uh, broke from under him and he was silent for a moment as he f- and then he died. So that's, uh, and that's how David died on Shabbos. Yeah, just interesting to note, there's a big discussion, did David really die on Shabbos? Was it to the Yom Tov? Okay, um, side point. But at least on the simple reading of this Gemara, when it says he died on a Shabbos, he died through learning Torah. It seems that the main thing David wanted to do, he didn't necessarily want to stop the Malach HaMavis. He knew that it was his son's turn to reign, but he wanted to die a death through learning Torah. Sholach Shlomo Lebe Midrash, Shlomo sent to the base Midrash, he says, Abba Meis, Umutal Bahema Bechama. My father's dead and he's left in the sun. And we know a mace is mukta. I don't know what to do. Uklovin Shabal's Abaravim and also the dogs of my father's house are hungry. It's, it's, he's asking two questions. One is my father's mukta. What can I do? And what can I feed the dogs of my father's household? They're obviously connected. I'm just not sure what the connection is. Maybe Shlomo wants to highlight the contrast. But as we'll see. But he says, Mazay, so Shokhulay, Chotuch Nevela. He says you can cut up a Nevela carcass and feed it to the dogs. I, you thought that a Nevela carcass, since it can't be used for food, is muktzah. It's not muktzah because it has another use, animal food. Important to remember, animal food is not muktzah. He says, Ava of Vicha and your father. He says, what can, I, what can you do about David? And he says, Place a loaf of bread or a child on top of him and then you can move him. So isn't it appropriate what Shlomo says? Look how we treat the living dogs over the deadline, over David, my father. We make it much easier. It's, there's a much clearer, simple, uh, more honorable solution for the dogs than there is for my father's corpse, which we have to put something on to be allowed to move it out of the sun so that it doesn't become, uh, so it doesn't start to rot. And now we understand those three statements. Um, that he raised in the beginning. Again, David HaMelech, uh, Shlomo, you contradict your father and yourself. In the one place you say that, um, David says that being alive, 
a, a dead person can't praise Hashem. So we understand, oh, that means that because you can't do Torah and mitzvahs anymore. And the statement that you said, you praise I praise the living over the dead. Well, we gave three possibilities of what Shlomo could be referring to. When, sorry, the, you praise the deceased because they're already dead. We gave three possibilities what was special about uh, um, when a deceased, the merit of the deceased was more powerful than the merit of the living. And now this final one is that um, a, a dead, it's not, uh, he wasn't saying it as a fact. He was actually saying it as a, Morning, out of mourning, he was saying that, look at the living, a, a living dog is treated better than a dead lion. But he was mourning the fact of how he had to, how his father, what he had to do with his father. And then now back to the original question. Remember, they asked the question. He says, well, You asked me, can you put out the candle for someone who's sick? A candle is called a candle. And the soul of a person is called a candle. Rather put out a human's candle, a regular candle, than put out a lamp of a Baruch Hu, than put out an Oshama. So he's answering the question that they started with. Rather put out a candle, than let someone die. And we know that's not the primary for The primary for what's the reason you save a life? is because the Torah says, Every mitzvah, you must, mustn't die performing mitzvahs. You must live. So rather put out a candle so that a sick, a dangerously ill person can can uh, um, can uh, can live. So, uh, interesting question they raise on this. Why not just take it out the room? That's not extinguishing. That's just moving something. That's mutza. Okay, so the easiest answer is that no, he needs it out immediately. And then the sooner you do it, the better. So you don't even carry it out. Um, but John's interest in maybe, is it not better to take it out? That's only mutza, which is Rabbonin, uh, etc. Okay, let's, uh, let's go on. This meeting is going to end very... Um, it seems once we discussed... Um, once we discuss some contradictions that Shlomo seemed to say, we're now going to carry on with that discussion. Omar Rabbi Yehuda bar Breder of Shmuel bar Shilas Mishmei Derav. Rabbi Yehuda, the son of Rav Shmuel bar Shilas, said in the name of Rav, Bikshu Chachmei Lignoi Sefer Koheles Bibnei Shedvor of Soisrim Zedze. The Chazal wanted to hide, conceal the Sefer Koheles because its words contradict each other. Why did they not? Hide it away. It's beginning and its end are filled with words of Torah. Where do we see this? Trilosso divrei Torah. You'll see the beginning is words of Torah, as it's written. What gain is there to a person for his labor that he does under the sun? Vomri and explained. Under the sun, there's no gain. Labor that's performed under the sun. But labor, that, things that were there before the sun is worthwhile. Is worthwhile. And we know the Torah was created before the world was created. So the Torah preceded the sun. And therefore, the, that's what Shlomo is saying. Things that you get caught up in this world are not worthwhile endeavors. But Torah is definitely worthwhile. So for Divrei Torah, what's the end is words of Torah? As it's written, At the end all is heard, 
Kim Yirova es mitzvasov shomor. Fear God and keep his mitzvahs. Kizeh kola adam. This is the purpose of mankind. This is all of mankind. My kizeh kola adam. That's a strange way of saying it. This is the. This is all of mankind. Says Omar Rebbe. Rebbe said kol olam kula lo nivra ella bishvil zeh. No, the whole world. Sorry, Omar Belazor. The whole world is created for this person. Rabbi Abba bar Kahana Omar shakul zeh keneged kol olam kula. Rabbi Abba said, No, what it means is that this person is equal to the whole world. And Shimon ben Azai Omer v'Omri lo Shimon ben Zayma Omer lo nivra kol olam kula elalitz savos there. No, the whole world is created to support this person. I, someone who fears God and does mitzvahs. Uh, okay, subtle differences you're gonna have to do. Uh, gonna have to analyze exactly what the the difference are between these three opinions. But it's along the lines of the whole world was created for them. They're equal to the whole world, or the whole, or uh, um, yeah, or the whole world is to support them. My okay. Now, so, so that's where we see Shlomo started with Torah and end with Torah. And therefore, if you analyze the words of uh, Kohelet, it's worthwhile going into because there's lots of Torah lessons in them. And where do we see that his words seem to contradict each other? Ksiv, it's written, Tov Kaas Mishchok. Uksiv, Lishchok Omarti Mahalel. It says, anger is better than laughter. And we know Chazal speak very, very uh, badly about anger. It's one of the most... Uh, Terrible things in, in the eyes of Chazal, anger. And it says, Shlomo comes along and says, anger is better than laughter. Uksiv and elsewhere it's written, I told Schoik that it's praiseworthy. So he says, no, and Ksiv it's written, I praised Simcha, Ksiv and it's written, What's the point of Simcha? So Shlomo, are you praising Simcha or are you saying it's pointless? So Moran says, no, lo kashya, tov kash, mischok. What does it mean when it says, anger is better than lot of tov kashya, koz hakadosh bohu, al tzadikim bo'elam zeh, mischok she simcha, she mesachek hakadosh bohu, ala reshoim bo'elam hazeh. No, the anger Hashem shows to tzadikim in this world is better than the laughter that he gives to reshoim in this world. That's the famous concept that often tzaddikim will have a little bit of a harder time in this world to purify them, to atone for all their sins, and they get pure olam haba in the world to come. And that's the anger in this world that is better than the laughter, the relaxation, the enjoyment that Rishoyim have in this world using up their last merits before they go to Gehenna. Um, yeah, oh, and this choik that I said is praiseworthy. This is this this choik, the laughter, the enjoyment that Hakadosh Baruch has with the tzaddikim in Olam Haba. Okay, so that's resolved that contradiction. That's the this when simcha praiseworthy when it's from a mitzvah. And for simcha, what's the point of it? So that's any other rejoicing. And this actually comes to teach us that the Shechina does not rest on a person. It does not rest on a person out of if he's sad or down, or if he's feeling, or if he's lazy. Neither from laughter or lightheadedness. Nor from 
idle chatter or nonsense chatter. Ela mitoch davar simcha shom davar simcha shom mitzvah, except for something that's a simcha of a mitzvah. Shenemar. So again, Hashem's prophecy, Hashem's spirit does not rest on a person unless he's with simcha of a mitzvah. All other emotions are not good. Sometimes people think being serious is a good way to connect to Hashem. Uh, just uh, messing around, being lazy, none of those are ways that you're going to connect to Hashem, except through Simcha Shel Mitzvah. Shenema says, Batok Huli Menagain, Elisha said, Bring the musician, Voyok and again, Haman again. And when the musician started to play, Vatiolov, Yad Hashem, and the hand of Hashem was on him. Rashi points out, Where's the Simcha Shel Mitzvah? Elisha asked for the musician so that he could get Nevoah. That's a mitzvah. He wanted to connect to Hashem, and that's the mitzvah. And therefore, the Simcha there. Enabled him to have Ruach HaKodesh, have Nevoah. Omar of Yehuda Vachayna Divdimvar Halacha and so to for Halacha. It must also become someone's learning Halacha, learning Torah, it must also be through Simcha. It's not only for Nevoah that you need Simcha, also when learning Torah. And Omar of Vachayna Chalom Tov and Robert says, so if you want a good dream. Okay, Ini, is it true that for Halacha you should? Be have a simcha for how Marav Gidol or Marav Kol Atamud Chacham Sheyoshev Litnei Rabba Vaeins Vasov Noit Vasmar Tzuchivena. Rav Gidol said in the name of Rav, any Talmud Chacham who sits before his Rebbe and his lips are not dripping with dread, I in awe of his Rebbe and the Torah they're going to learn. Tzuchivena he will be burnt by Gehenim Shenemar as the pasuk says. For Sif Soisov Shanim Noit Vasmar Noit Vasmar Over I'll take three more over. Don't read. It as uh, flowing with mer ella mar over. Read it as flowing with uh, dread. Al tikri shoshanim ella shoshanim. Don't read ro- roses. Read those who studying. So again, okay. But the main drasha is we see that when learning Torah, you have to sit there in dread and awe. So there's no lokash yehol berabah the Talmud. Now you can answer that this is the Rebbe and this is the Talmud. The Talmudim must be in awe of their Rebbe and sitting there with uh, dread and awe, but the Rebbe must be besimcha. The Ibo is saying alternatively, no, it's both referring to the Rebbe, no, he should be happy and full of simcha before he starts, but once he starts, then he must be full of awe. Like Rabbi, before he would start his shir, for his students, he would say a joke or something humorous, and then his uh, students would laugh. And then they would sit in fear, in awe, and begin learning the sugya. Rashi explains the humor opens their mind to learning, and then they can sit and learning uh, learn in a good way. Okay, so we've just discussed why they wanted to hide Koheles. They realized that obviously Shlomo's work of Ruach HaKodesh through Nevoah and Ruach HaKodesh wasn't nonsense and wasn't really worthy to be uh, hidden. But Chazal realized that there's certain statements in it that if you misunderstand, it will really, really uh, lead you down the wrong path. Like anger is better than schok or schok is praiseworthy. Those things can lead you in a totally different, totally wrong way of Avodah Hashem. Therefore they thought maybe it's better that we hide it comes along, Chazal and say, no, but look at the lessons in it. The emphasis it places on Torah learning and serving Hashem, we can't hide it. And often when it says the beginning and the end, like it's, it's opens with 
Divrei Torah and it ends with Divrei Torah, it tells us that it's full of Divrei Torah. Similarly, we say where I've seen, well, I think that's how you understand it, is because it says the same thing by Chumash, it says it opens with Chesed and it ends with Chesed. I'm not saying there are only two examples of Chesed in the whole Torah, in the beginning and the end, when Hashem made clothes for Adam and when he buried Moshe. No, the, what it means, the beginning and the end, it means it's full of words of Chesed and the importance of Chesed. So, so to hear it's full of words of the importance of Torah learning, and it's worthwhile for people to sit and labor through to try and understand the, the messages that Shlomo is given, even though they can sometimes seem lead a person down the wrong path. So that's regarding Koheles. Now we go on to his other Sefer. So I just lost the place. I also wanted to hide, conceal the Sefer Mishle. Because its words contradict each other. Why did they not hide it? Omri Sefer Koheles Lavin Yonim Vishtachin Taima Hachanami Layanin. says, No, just as we realize with Koheles, if you delve into it, you'll see how profound it is. So too. With the Mishle, it must be the same. Where do we see that there are words in Mishle, it's phrases in Mishle that contradict each other? Don't respond to a fool with his foolishness. And elsewhere it says, do respond to a fool in his foolishness. So he says, but there's, they're, not, they're not contradictory. He says, This that you must respond to him, is when it's got to do with Divrei Torah. Then you set him straight, even though he was being a fool, even though he was being a Rasha. But with Milita Alma, other words, just ignore him. Like there was an incident with someone came before Rebbe, and Your wife is actually my wife, and your sons are my children. What's he saying? He's saying your wife uh, committed adultery. So says, come and have some wine with me. Now you see, Rebbe's not engaging him at all. And it makes sense. As soon as he engages with him, even if he says you're talking nonsense, he's to a degree given his statement credibility. But by just ignoring him, brushing it off, saying, come and have some wine, he's not even giving the words even the basic level of credibility. Um, And then what happened? Shosu Poko, he drank some wine and he exploded. Hashem punished him for starting up with Rebbe. Similarly, Hahuda Asalek Haimei the Rebbe Chia, some says also Rebbe, there's a, a case came before Rebbe, Omer Lei, Imcho Ishti Biatobini, your mother is my wife and you are my son. I used it, you thought your father, not you're wrong. Says Omer Lei, Ratzon Chatishit, Kosher Yaim. Similarly, he said to him, Yeah, you want to drink some wine? Um, I am not even engaging with you. Shosso Poka, and the person drank wine and he exploded. Omar Rebbe Chia, Ahanyele Tilusa de Rebbe de Loi Shabje, Bene Mamzeri. Rebbe's Tila saved his children from being. Questioned as Mamzerim. The Rebbe Kiave Masvi, when Rebbe davened, Omar he said, May it be your will, Hashem our God, that saves me from brazenness and from and from, from from those who are brazen and from brazenness. And brazen often has connotations of and connections to do with Mamzerim. Because partially to accuse someone of being a mamzer, you have to be pretty brazen. And also to, there's the other flip side of the coin is, you know, we say someone who accuses something of kolha poisel bemumo poisel. Anyone who tries to invalidate people is because they have that problem in them. Um, 
Okay, so there, there we see that Rebbe and Rebbe Chia, totally a fool, a Rosha came and tried to say something to them, they didn't even respond. Don't even respond to a fool when he's saying foolish things. But Divrei Torah, Mahi, where do we see that if a fool says something regarding Divrei Torah that you do respond? Kihor, the Yosef, Rabban Gamliel, the Kodorish, um, like Rabban Gamliel's Joshua, he said, Atida Isha Shetaylet Bechol Yom. In the future, a woman will be able to give birth every day. Shenemar, it says, Horob Yoledes Yachtov. She will conceive and give birth together. Okay, exactly. In the future, in the days of Mashiach, there will be some aspect that a woman will be able to give, uh, conceive and give birth on uh, consecutive days. Rashi got a whole uh, more complicated way of uh, explaining it that they'll be able to conceive on a few consecutive days and then again a few months later give birth on consecutive days for the, for the different uh, pregnancies. Okay, but the main point is there's some uh, natural phenomena going on here. Liglog, uh, or you know, miraculous thing. Liglog, all of us of a Talmud, Omar, it's a student mocked him and said, ah, there's nothing new under the sun. It's impossible that a woman will be able to give, conceive and give birth on consecutive days. So, come, I'll show you an example in this world. And he showed him a chicken. Chickens lay eggs every day. So a woman can give birth every day. It's not beyond nature. The two, Yosef, Ramon Gamliel, the Kodorish, another time Ramon Gamliel was giving a drosha. In the future, trees will bear fruit every day. Shenemar, as it says, It will bear branches and it will make fruit. Just as it will grow branches every day, it will produce fruit every day. The student mocked him and said, There's nothing new under the sun. So, Come, I'll show you an example in this world. And he showed him slaf. Slaf is a caper bush. Aspects of the tzlaf are regrowing every day. The two Yosef Rabbonin, Ramon Gamliel, the Kodorish, Tida Eretz Yisrael, Shetoitzi, Gluskois, Bekli Milas. In the future, Eretz Yisrael will grow fruit, uh, will, uh, will grow uh, cakes and woolen garments. Shenemar, as it says, Yehi Pisas Bar Ba'ores. It will be Pisas Bar in the land. Pisas Bar is a reference to both the cakes and the woolen clothes. There's nothing new under the sun. When will the, the earth will never be able to produce ready-to-eat cakes and ready-sewn garments. So I'll show you examples in this world. He showed him mushrooms and truffles, which look like bread. So you think it can't um, grow things like that. Vatli Milas Nivra Barkura, he showed him a young palm with the 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 best of the the bast of the palm tree is a wool like. And that's what he showed him to show that the earth can grow wool and things like that. Um okay, interestingly enough, there's a whole question whether did Ramon Kamil even mean these literally, or did he only mean them metaphorically and he was just trying to help this difficult student? But either way, the main point we bring in out here we see when a fool engages you in Torah, you can't leave it go. You don't want him to even think that your silence is admission, so you have to answer him. But obviously when he's just being foolish about other areas, you be totally dismissive of it. And we'll leave it here for today and we'll continue tomorrow.